back for episode 14 of should have been a cowboy um i don't want to spend a whole lot of time on football do you not not really um <laughs> but, but i think we have to all right so it was um a slow start you could say well um, i mean getting if you're talking about like the <laughs> the very start it wasn't that slow they were up 13 or up 10 to 7 or was it yeah they they were up I, 10 to 7 and it looked like they were actually yeah. going to handle it pretty well i'm talking about basically the first three quarters <laughs> that's the whole start. game philly <laughs> well there was a fourth quarter where i was he made that comeback yeah but man it was um it was an interesting game with some good plays and a, a lot of poor plays um i honestly the first half, I watched the whole first half, when, and it was, I don't even know what the score was. What was it, 28 to 9? Uh, I think it was 28 13. 28 13. I think that was the score. It, it, got, to, it got to be about um, 5 or five o'clock or so, and it was time for, we do, we do our baby's bedtime stuff. And um, we, we, she usually watches, like, a show right, like Daniel Tiger right before. So I was like, we're losing by a bunch. I'm not even going to pay attention. We'll have watched the show. And I just kept watching the ESPN tracker, um, seeing how <laughs> it was going. And all of a sudden, it was they were slowly coming back. I was like, what is going on? And the problem about this game for me um, is that I had already conceded the loss. I had already... <laughs> decided I'm okay with this. We've lost. It's not a good game. And I've already basically conceded. And then they get my hopes up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm glad they made the comeback, but then they just, they just rip your heart out at the very end <laughs> once again. And it was just a back, it was just a back and forth thing, but I already, I already had conceded until they made that comeback. And then, I started watching it on um my watch ESPN app. Yeah. And 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 I watched the last drive and if you had told me at the beginning of this year that two games this year OSU would have the ball with a chance to win, I would like our chances. Yeah. <laughs> Both the Bedlam game and this game when when OSU got the ball, I thought, "Oh, we're going to win." Or at least take the lead if it doesn't take up all the time. Yeah. Uh, man, it was. I mean, for all as bad as defense has played, they have played well when it mattered most at the end of those games. That's true. <laughs> they, I don't know if that's a good thing. No, it's not because <laughs> they played badly the rest of the game, but then when it matters most at the very end, somehow they make a play and the offense has just messed it up. <laughs> Almost. I mean, it probably it it shouldn't come down to that. Yeah, but it does. Yeah, yeah it's it's time for a shakeup on defense. Yeah, and I don't I don't know that that necessarily means that Glenn Spencer loses his job, but I think it he might can, mean losing some of his responsibilities. I mean, he can go back to just coaching. What's what a linebacker? Linebacker. Yeah. He can go. I mean, he's a good he's a good coach. I don't know if I want him even the coordinator calling the plays, doing the schemes and all that. Yeah. Um but yeah, do, do you think there will be any changes this this off season? Um I don't know. I I think there might be cuz ordinarily Gundy's a loyalty guy. Um he's not one to just jump the gun and fire people for no reason. Um, but this is a multi-season ongoing issue. Mm -hmm. Well, Spencer's, um, the only really good defense he had was his first year. Right. His first year, um, they allowed 21 points a game. Which is really good. Which is really good. I decided to look at the stats at one this past week to see how many points they've allowed per, um, per year. He's been there to see if he's improved. And yeah, he, he started out 21 um, points a game, which was, I think, I think it was number one is either number one or number two that year. He's and really, yeah, other than really that, good. Yeah. Yeah. And then either, and then other than that, it's been high twenties and low thirties a couple times. Yeah. His first year was really good. And, was by far his best year, and it's 
usually you you look for improvement as it goes on, not the other. That's way the ideal scenario. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you do want to get better and not worse. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want him to necessarily lose a to not have a job. Right. But because um, I think he is a good position coach, and he and I think he's able to fire up the guys and so forth. But um, as far as calling the doing the schemes and calling the plays. Yeah, it, it, I think I think something probably will happen. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I I there's there's still rumors out there that Yursich might be up for a few head coaching jobs. I don't know if that's yeah. I don't know what jo- jobs you know, those low are. major type. You yeah. know, like UTEP. Well, I mean, the the only way we'll have a change, I think, as OC is if he takes one of those jobs. But, right, um, which is fine because he's not. A bad yeah, offensive no, coordinator no, no. does not yeah, need to get I, fired. I mean, I, don't come over with that stuff. I don't. <laughs> I don't think you would. Let me be clear. I'm not talking to you personally. No, 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 no. no. I'm. I've been a Yurcev supporter the whole time. I don't think he's near as bad as people make him out to be. Offensive um, coordinators are easy scapegoats. They're easy targets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and a lot of times it's hard because you mix if it's a, how good the coach is with. Um, the players. I mean, if Mason made the throw against OU and then this past game, if they did a game-winning drive, nobody would be saying anything. Right, and here's the deal. Eight times out of ten, he makes that throw in the OU game. Eight times out of ten. That happened to be one mm-hmm. of the times he missed it. Just like just like um, on the interception um, on the run-pass option, eight times out of ten, he makes the correct call on the run-pass option. Right. You know, and and, and I I understand that in the important situation, he didn't make the play, didn't do the right thing, but that's not a coaching problem. And that's not even a quarterback talent problem. Mm -hmm. That's a, nobody is a hundred percent ever. And does it, is it terrible that it happened at that particular moment? Yeah, yeah, it is. And it it leads to a season that's, that feels like a disappointment, but to, to say that OSU can do better than Gundy because the one time Mason Rudolph didn't make that pass is an absolutely ridiculous argument. And if that if that's your argument, go go to a flat Earth seminar because that's how crazy you are. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, he. I I have no problem with the way he's done things. I mean, we're still number two. In the country, in the country, in the Big Twelve, in most in passing stats, in most of those, but only, but we're only number two because OU's having an amazing year on offense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're having a, a, a historical year, so that's the only reason OC's even number two. But yeah, it's um, I mean there, if you score forty points, you should win the game. If you score fifty and in the fifties, like they did in Bedlam, you should win that game. Right. <laughs> If you don't, it's not an offense problem. Um, I would like to see some type of special team shakeup. Yeah, that. I mean, uh, since they didn't, or, or since they uh, ceased having a full-time special teams coach like Joe DeForest. Yeah. The the, the special teams unit has really been. Because it's been suspect. a graduate assistant, hasn't it? Yeah. And next year yeah. they they've added uh, the coach. NCAA have, has added a rule where you can you can have a tenth assistant full time assistant. So you would think it that uh, that'll be a special teams. teams at least part of it because DeForest yeah. was what like special teams and safeties or something like that special teams mm-hmm. and secondary. I yeah. don't know. But ha- uh, they need a full time special teams because yeah. it's been you. It's funny though because you know how important special teams is, but you never truly know how important it is. Until, until it costs you a game, and yeah, until you're just not very good at it, because half half the time you're like, oh, we we can get by without good special teams. It's hard, yeah, to do that and until you don't have it. You don't realize how important it is. Um, so yeah, hopefully that. Um, the thing about the defense is, I remember them making a huge deal. Well, not a huge deal, but talking about year a few years ago, how um, OSU since they're so potent on offense and great at offense, they're going to um, recruit more defensive players and less offensive players. Right. And um, 
and and that was going to improve the defense, and it has not. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't looked. I remember them talking about that at one point. Um, I haven't looked at the recruiting to see if they've actually followed that. Well, or not. Here's the deal. I mean, this is my opinion, but I know a lot of people around the program have said this too. Individually, they're getting better players. Yeah. Like, I don't think people fully grasp how much different A.J. Green and Rodarius Williams are from previous cornerback units that they've had at OSU. These guys are huge for corners, and they're super athletic. And they're both in their second year in the program. A.J. Green's a sophomore and Rodarius Williams is a freshman. They're going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just just using that as an example. I I think Mm -hmm. as individual players, they've gotten better talent on defense than they've had in the past. It you know, the problem is for whatever reason, the schemes are not putting them in the right place or they're not getting to the right place. Mm-hmm. And teams are running all over the field on them. And I don't understand why that is, because I'm not a defensive X's and O's guy, but that's what needs to be fixed. The recruiting seems to be fine. It's not fantastic, but it's fine. It should be better than it is. Yeah, do, do you know what the game on Saturday made me hungry for? No. What are you talking about? Pringles. Oh, that's, I, that's I, very I, funny. I, I, <laughs> I was hungry for Pringles the whole game because every time I saw that guy's name, going for a touchdown, <laughs> that sounds like a good snack. But damn, they, he, he had a field day. Yeah, that, that, that was game. a terrible joke. Why, why did you tell that? <laughs> <laughs> the, the sad part is, I was actually somewhat serious. <laughs> it wasn't really a joke. I see. I, I really was. But, but yeah, so um, um, the stats, I was going to tell you a few of the stats. Rudolph, um, as we have already discussed, we are, don't fully understand QBR. Um, yeah. But Rudolph was 32 out of 53. For 425 yards and a 48.1 QBR. So, yeah, there's that. The three touchdowns to two interceptions, which were not good. Those picks. Right. Um, um, I, I remember when he threw this. I thought, oh, that's not a good throw. Yeah. Just not just not some of those interceptions that just go off receivers' hands and happen to bounce. No, no, into, no. No, 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 no. They were they were bad. These were not those passes. <laughs> I can forgive quarterbacks for if it bounces off the receiver's hand. But yeah, um, Justice Hill was twenty three carries, ninety one yards for a four point zero average. Washington um, had a good game after the previous game. He had um, he had one catch. I think the Iowa State game. Yeah. He had eight catches for 159. He is going to win the Blitnikoff. He's a finalist. There are three finalists. There's no doubt in my mind that he's going to win it. Mm -hmm. Aitman had six for 113. Yeah, Bundage had nine tackles. He's just a beast. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Calvin Bundage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he he had um, nine tackles and 2.5 for loss. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of there is a lot of talent on the defense. Bundage is good. Osborne, Brelford, Brelford, right? Ray Flowers, <laughs> Justin Phillips. I mean, yeah. Whitener's good. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of, a lot of talent on the um, defense that they should be playing. They should be doing better than they are um, each game. Yeah, so that's um, that. Um, let me see. Team stats is OSU have 31st downs to K State's 18. Well, that's because K State was running for what, 30 lots yards of, a carry? Lots of those first downs, yeah. <laughs> um, they had about 90 more total yards. OSU had 510, K State had 421. Now, um, I want to know how, how many more passing yards do you think OSU had? Not that many. OSU had 425 passing yards. K-State had 204. Jeez. Of course, like what? What do they have in the fourth quarter? Like 200 in the fourth quarter? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the rushing is really where the difference was for K-State. They had 217 and OSU had 85. 
Yeah. Um, 85 yards rushing the game is not very good. No, of course that factors in sacks because you said Justice Hill had yeah, 91, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think J.D. King had like 16. So after that, the sacks and so forth. Um, t- time of possession is what we'd expect. K-State 35. Or th- yeah, 35. And um, OSU 25. So they had about 10 more minutes of possession. But, I mean, when you play K-State, you're not going to win the time of possession. No, that's what they do. Not. Yeah. So, yeah, man. It was um, it was a game. It was not I'll fun. Say, I'll, say, I'll tell you that much. I will say that I don't get into the hyperbole. A lot of people talk about whether this is the best loss in, or the worst loss in the Gundy era, the best win in the Gundy era. I don't understand how people can actually decide what that is. Yeah. Because I don't get into the, all that hyperbole nonsense. Because, I mean, is this a worse loss than, let's say, Troy those years ago? Or is this a worse loss than Central Michigan, even though technically that should have been a win? <laughs> is this, I mean, We're not it's bitter. Hard to say. No, yeah, I'm not bitter at all. Um, it's hard to say what what's the worst loss. And, like, the same thing goes for the best win. People – would talk probably I don't know what people say is the best one probably um 2011 yeah the the, game I think the Fiesta yeah. Bowl see oh I've heard people say that the OU game was because that's what led to the Fiesta Bowl and that was a do- uh, you just dominated OU yeah but, I can see that because it was a Big Twelve championship too right. but then could you a toss say, up. Even, even though that was for the Big Twelve championship could you say that the OU game in 2014 because that's what kind of led to these couple of years. Maybe. I mean, you can't say what the best win or the worst loss is. I no. Mean, so I, I, I don't understand when people will say, that was the worst loss in the Gundy era or the Rudolph. I mean, this this might have been, I don't know, Central Michigan was pretty bad if you count that as a loss. But you, so you, I, I never understand when people say junk like that. It was a bad loss. Yeah. Well, and the, the one metric you might be able to use is the fact that they were favored by three touchdowns and lost. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. at home, you know. Yeah. That's where it gets okay. into that conversation. But uh, you're right. None of those others are factoring that in because nobody's going to go back and look to see what the spread was in the yeah. Troy I game. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure OC was favored by a decent amount, I would assume. Well, maybe. And the, you know, like, I mean, I mean we've talked about the Troy game before, and they had, yeah. they had dudes on that team. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And OSU um, was in a bad situation. First time starting quarterback. Yeah. Whatever. You know, the. Uh, yeah. But also, like, people might say, even though now we look back on it and that was a good team, the Houston, um, the game against Houston after we beat Georgia. Yep. OSU was favored by a pretty good amount. I mean, and at the time, I was shocked that OSU lost. I mean, now looking back on it, with Case Keenum and Holgerson as yeah. calling the plays and all that, um, it doesn't shock me. But at the time, it seemed like a really bad loss. The worst part about that was the fact that that was the last game Des played that year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, that was. Um, because that was, after, that was right after he was on Sports Illustrated. Yeah. It was right before that game. Because he was on that game after a, a catch in the Georgia game. Yeah, man. You know, you know one of the worst lo- or one of the worst things about this past Saturday was that has nothing to do really with the OCK State game. It kind of does, but one of the worst parts for me is I, for three hours that day, was a Texas Tech fan for the first time in my life. <laughs> for no and it reason, did, and it didn't even matter. <laughs> they made me root for Texas Tech. <laughs> Yeah. And then it didn't matter. So then I just felt dirty. Because <laughs> I, I was ready for tech. So, so after the game, I just got mad because of that. Because <laughs> I was not happy. But, and then and then I, just because Baylor's going to somehow beat TCU this weekend. And right, TCU better yeah. win this weekend. Because if Baylor wins, I'm going to be really mad. Yeah, that'd be real bad. <laughs> So, so um, so yeah. But man, that was that was that was a crazy weekend. It was just a bad weekend in sports for me, man. Because then the next day, my Dallas Cowboys lost by a bunch. The Thunder did not play well, and that's it was just not not a good weekend. 
Yeah, uh, I'd like to forget about it. Yeah, man. Um, Fortunately, we got basically... Kansas this next weekend, and they'll make you forget yeah, about man. anything. We're favored by... 40. 30 or 40? Okay. 40. That's... I don't think they're going to win by 40. They might. No. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're not. I mean, it's, a le- it's an 11 o'clock kick. Probably not very many people will be there. <laughs> I'll be there. I'm going. Oh, awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, speak... Uh, talking about showing up to games, I want to talk about something that always bothers me. Okay. People that leave at halftime. <laughs> people that leave at halftime, yes. Yes. There, there were a lot of people that left the game on um, um, on Saturday at halftime and in the third quarter. Stay for the whole game. I agree. So, Especially if you're a stu- if you live in Stillwater, <laughs> right? If you if you live in Oklahoma City, I will almost give you a pass. I still think you should stay, but I give you more of a pass than if you are a student or you live in you live close by. Yeah, I I just never understand people who leave. I remember my um, it was sometime when I was in college. We played Texas, and it was an utter blowout. So it was probably. Oh, 2000, I, I can't think of what the years were. Well, I can't think of what the years were of the close games. 2003 or 2005? I don't remember. But well, anyway, 2005 was, was when they jumped up big. That was the Alpena year, so it had to have been 2003, okay. yeah, which was right. not a good game. It, it, it had to have been 2003 because it was an utter blowout, and I think it was a blowout the whole game. Yeah. And, and, uh, and in the fourth quarter – I went around to all the seats around me thanking everybody for staying. Because <laughs> I was that guy. Said, Thank you for staying this whole game. And I mean, the, the like 10 rows around me, there were like 10 people there. So it yeah. didn't take very long. And as I left, I saw a bunch of Texas fans up there. And do you know what I yelled to them? Thanks for staying. I yelled, oh, you sucks. And then they cheered. <laughs> and then they cheered. At me, and then all the OSU fans around me cheered, and we had a good time. About so you you made bonding. you made lots of friends that day. <laughs> we bonded about our dislike for OU. So it was nice. <laughs> I will never forget that moment. But yeah. So um, stay for the games. Don't leave at halftime, especially when you have an offense as as good as OSU's that can come back. Yeah. I mean, if this had been. A, a year where the offense just wasn't any good. Okay, but when was the last time they had an offense that just wasn't any good? I guess you could say that about fourteen, maybe with, uh, with Dax. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you, I w- I would say that about fourteen. Bef- um. With um. With Dax at the helm. Other yeah, like in the that, second half of the season, it was bad. First few yeah. games, it was okay. Uh, and then um. Yeah, that game. I think they. I remember watching the Texas Tech game. That was a good game that year. Mm-hmm. Was, in, mm-hmm. was that in Lubbock? I no, I was at home. It was I a wa- Thursday night game. Okay. I watched it on my phone in an airport. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I don't remember where we were flying. Probably, I think, to a wedding. But I was watching the game. And then I watched it again when we got to the hotel. So, I, yeah. So, th- th- that year probably, other than that, it's I mean, you got to go back like to 05. Was, I was going to say it's probably the beginning of Gundy's years. 05 probably. Yeah, so stay for the game. Don't leave. Don't be one of those people. <laughs> I agree. Hey, so um, Andrew, um, stay for the game on Saturday. Always do. May <laughs> may cut out with like a few minutes left on the clock if the outcome is decided just to get to the car a little quicker. Like <laughs> Okay, at that moment, I can kind of understand it. If you're either losing by like 30 or 20 or 30 or winning by 20 or 30 and there's like yeah. a minute left, I can maybe understand it. Um, because of that, but yeah. So luckily, it's an early game for you, though. It is so, an early game. It is it Kansas. Won't be a late uh, driving. Yeah, man. I <sighs> Kansas. Um, man, I thought they they were keeping it close early against OU this past weekend. I <laughs> I I never thought they would win, but I kind of enjoyed the um. They've tended the to do that game at the beginning. You know, they start what? off. They tended to do that this year. They start yeah. off okay. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to go do something else real quick. And you come back 10 minutes later, and it's a 20-point game. It's like, yeah, what have you done? 
Yeah, man. But the, the the few things that I've watched of Kansas this year, their quarterbacks have not ever come close to completing a pass. Oh, really? Like uh, I, I haven't watched. I haven't watched a full game or anything. Maybe. It's just uh, the few series that I happen to switch over to. It's like they're short hopping receivers every throw. I've watched. I think I watched a little bit of this last game, um, only because each time it went to commercial in the OSU game or Kansas State scored and got upset for a little bit, I switched it over real quick (laughs) (laughs) and and watched a few seconds of that game, and then I switched it back when I was over my my pain (laughs) and thought that I could handle it. (laughs) But, yeah, so um, that's the only only amount I've watched. I'm not going to watch any of the game this weekend. You got something else to do? Yeah, we're going to Dallas um, with my my wife's – um, sister and um, brother-in-law and their kiddos. So um, none of them care about OSU, and I don't think they'll want to watch OSU Kansas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on TV. not exactly so. a national. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So going going there. We're going there Friday and staying until Saturday. Actually, when the game starts, we might be on our way back or close to on our way back. So I might try to catch some of it on the radio when we get into um, Oklahoma City range. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, it should be, it should, it should be a um, a blowout in OSU's favor. I hope. I was hoping this last week would be two. That didn't happen, man. Yeah, that's all I have. About. Speaking of Kansas, though, Kansas right now is beating Texas Southern, thirty-seven to fifteen in basketball. Goodness, um, that's yes, not close. Yeah, thirty-seven. Kansas has thirty-seven points. There's eight and a half minutes left in the first half. They're playing Texas Southern, though. I know, I know, but still, <laughs> no. Kansas is really points. good. Yeah, I watched them against Kentucky last last week. They were really good. Hey, that's a smooth transition into basketball. Yeah, man. Hey, man, you want to talk about some basketball? I would love to. Awesome. So we've you had, we've had three games since we talked last. Yeah, and you went to the ORU game, which is on Thursday, right? Yes, I um, did. What What were your thoughts about the game? Um, or about the team in general, about the atmosphere. There weren't very many fans there. Well, you know, there weren't very many fans there. It did seem to fill out a little bit mm-hmm. after the game started. And there was a lot of, you know, consternation about, this is the crowd three minutes until the game starts, and it's terrible. And people people filed in. Uh, it wasn't crowds full are, by any means, but yeah. Crowds are rarely good. Three minutes, like with a few minutes left until the game starts, especially against an on-conference I mean, opponent yeah. who you're supposed to beat by a lot. It's like, um, I'm sorry, I'm going off the rails here, but um, yeah, it's, it's like someone someone did a picture of an NBA crowd right after halftime and acted like it was a small crowd. There are never people in the seats right, right after halftime because you everyone is get, going to get food. You have to wait a good five minutes of actual game time. Yeah. Until people are there again, so that's why. Because um, um, I saw people on Twitter complaining about the Thunder crowd because they um, they said why why aren't they back after nobody else does that where no. nobody's back after halftime. Everybody does that. Yeah, you got eighteen thousand people trying to get ice cream. <laughs> yeah, so that's just kind of a pet peeve of mine because I don't know why people complain about that because it no no there's never a crowd right after halftime. Okay, yeah. go I on. No, I, I actually stick stick with that for just a minute because I said ice cream and this is fascinating to me. Uh, a few years ago, I went to a I went to a Kentucky basketball game at Rupp, right? Yeah. Which is awesome. And if you ever get a chance to do that, you should do it every yes. time you get a chance because it's just a fantastic place. Okay. Um, I want to rem- remember that, what you just said, because I want to ask a question later. Go on. Uh, okay. But at Rupp, in I think it's all four, it may just be two, but if you go around the concourse, like outside the arena, in each corner or in two opposite corners, I can't remember, there is a small uh, – concession stand that all they serve is soft serve frozen yogurt that's it it's just like mm-hmm. a like a ice cream machine and you get you get your your frozen yogurt in either a cup or a cone that's all they serve i swear to you 70 percent of the people in that building were in those lines at halftime it was unreal like everybody was going to get ice cream at halftime of that game well- well, ice cream is delicious. It is delicious. 
And if that's the case, why don't they put six of them in? Just have those things all over the place. That's a good question. I have a question about ice cream. Okay. Dippin' Dots have always been called the ice cream of the future. When will they be the ice cream of the present? Uh, hopefully never, because I can't stand Dippin' Dots. Dippin' Dots are amazing. Get out of here what with that. What are you talking No, they're, they're, talking they have about? absolutely no flavor. They, they're, just, they're, they're just little ice cream pellets. Give me a complete bowl of ice cream. You're, you're, you're cheating me out of my ice cream because you're leaving so much air in between all the BBs. You, you can't see me because we're on the phone, but my mouth is touching the floor right now. <laughs> I'm stuck. <laughs> will always be the most amazing type of ice cream. So right. you don't know what you're talking about. Apparently not. <laughs> this is this is the um, ice cream um, podcast. Yeah. We're actually going to stop right now because we're actually going to stop right now because I'm too upset about it. I, I can't go on. <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, um, you were talking about Kentucky, about um, watching a game in Kentucky. Is that the only um, – or have you ever been to any other, um, like, blue, blue blood basketball venues that are, like, thought of as really high – like high up there. I have been like, inside of Kansas. Allen Fieldhouse, okay, uh, but not for a game. Like I've just walked around in the middle of the day okay. in there, but okay. I've never watched a game there. I will at some point do that. Okay. That... Well, because um, Rupp is one of my like, I have like a top three of um, venues that I would love to see, college basketball venues. I would love to see a game, and yes. Rupp is in there, and mm-hmm. um, it's Rupp, Rupp, and Allen Fieldhouse. And um, what am I? I would like to see a game in Cameron Indoor. Yeah, um, I do that. I'm not going to make that a destination. Like if I ever get the random opportunity to do that, I obviously will. But yeah, like that's that's not one that I'll work too hard to get to. It's I don't know why. Yeah, it doesn't excite yeah. me that much. Um, I I want to I want to go to you. Yes, there are. I've thought about this. Okay. <laughs> and and I want to see if I need to add any more to my list. Yes. Um, <laughs> One of mine is kind of weird, and it's just because I find the place fascinating, and that's Syracuse. I want to see a game at Syracuse because they play in the Carrier Dome, and you know it's the same place they play their football games, and they play all their basketball games in that in that dome too. So I want to see a game there. Uh, the Palestra in uh, in Philadelphia, which is where the University of Pennsylvania plays. Um, but it's where you, you have you have quite a few quite a few venues that not very many people would have. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Keep that's true. They're like, um, they're like hot takes. Yeah, yeah. The, the uh, Palestra's one. Um, it's where the uh, the Big Five play there, or they used to. I don't think they still do, but uh, like you know those uh, um, Villanova and that. St. Joe's and that group of five yeah. Philly area teams play their, uh, their kind of, or they used to play their big yeah, round robins style games there. I want to see that place. Um, let's see. I'm sure there's a bunch that I mean, would I be great. Going to, um, I wouldn't mind going to a North Carolina one. Yeah. That'd I be cool. That be fun. But yeah. Um, Okay. The University of Memphis curious. actually plays in the FedEx Forum all their games, oh, which they? is where the Grizzlies play. And that's a little weird because they don't okay. fill it up. Yeah. You you mentioned Syracuse. We're I'm, we're just going on all kinds of tangents. I promise we'll get back to OSU basketball <laughs> in a little bit. Um, you mentioned Syracuse, and my buddy Rob has a theory um, that is true to a certain extent. I feel, okay. and his theory is that. I want you to think about Jim Beheim. His theory is that if a coach coaches, especially a basketball coach, coaches at a place long enough, he starts to look like the mascot. <laughs> and okay, Jim Beheim, if you really look at him, he looks like the Syracuse. He looks like the Syracuse Orange. Well, Eddie Su- Eddie Sutton started at the end of his tenure to look like Pistol Pete. If he'd grown a mustache, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and it's a fascinating theory because then I get into my head and everybody that's been there and I'm I'm, I'm talking about like probably like 20 or like 10 plus years. I'm excited Sorry. for uh, yeah, I'm excited for Roy Williams to start looking like a goat. <laughs> 
yes. that's going to be very funny. Yes, I'm still waiting for Bill Self to look like the Jayhawk. Yeah, that would be very funny as well. So I want you to start thinking, when a coach has been there for like 15 years or for a long time, I want you to start thinking, is he looking like the mascot? (laughs) Because because sometimes it actually does work. And I hope Rob listens to this because he's going to be glad that I shared that theory to the world. That's so funny. (laughs) All right, um, back to um, OSU basketball. Yes. Um, um, so, you okay, you went to the ORU game. I went to the ORU game. Um, the first three games of the year, obviously I didn't see the first two, and I went to number three. Um, yeah. They, have, they were more impressive to me than I expected them to be before the season started. I mean, I expected mm-hmm. them to win all three games. Uh, but I kind of thought, especially after they announced that Jeff Carroll wasn't going to play for who, who knew how long at the time, um, I, I thought, you know, they're they're probably going to squeak out some wins of like 12, 15 points, and they're not going to look very impressive, but they're going to be 3-0. and And that has not been the case. They have taken care of the opponents that they're supposed to take care of by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've they've done it by playing really good defense which is what Mike Boynton said from the very beginning, that he was going to build his team off playing really good defense, and they've done that. And I think maybe the most impressive thing to me is the fact that for the first time in a very long time, I, th- I feel like they don't have a bunch of guys playing out of position. They have the the type of player that they need at each position. Now, I'm not saying they have great players at every position, for the most part, they don't have great players at every position, but you know they have a point guard. Their starting point guard is not five ten, which is always nice. Kendall Smith is a is a big dude for a point guard. Brandon Averett's a small one, but he's coming off the bench and he does what he's supposed to do as a backup point guard, and has done more than that actually because he was their leading yeah. scorer for the first three games. Yeah, Kendall which, Smith is um six three. Yeah, he's yeah, a he's a good size. He, he's the same size as Russell Westbrook, so let that sink in. <laughs> but then the wings are all big. They're all 6'6", six, six, except for Dezagua, uh, and he's 6'4". He's not small. But he can, he can shoot the ball. <laughs> and he will, <laughs> yes. regardless he's, of situation. He's <laughs> not scared of shooting the ball, which, which no. you know, that's, it's nice to have someone who's just fearless. Yeah. And, I mean, if he keeps shooting the way he is <laughs> – I'm yeah. For it. Well, I, I wish he played slightly better defense because if he played yeah. slightly better defense, he could stay on the floor for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, Lindy Waters is fantastic. I mean, to talk about a high IQ basketball player, he's so good at so many yeah. things. Well, um, his um, his dad's a coach, isn't he? Uh, that sounds that right. I don't know if that's think... true, but I thought that I thought that was a thing. I was thinking his dad was a coach. Um... But oh, anyways, he's he's intelligent. So. Yeah, and, and he's big. He's six six. Shine is six six. Jeff Carroll, he's back now. He's you know we know what he is. He's an NBA player. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know they've they've got that that size on the wing, and then they've got decent guys inside, and they will get even better when Jan Kubasima is eligible whenever that is. I still don't have a firm grasp is on it, when he can is play. Is it next semester? I don't know if it's or, when the next semester starts or if it's when the fall semester ends or if there's a date in the middle okay. that he becomes eligible because he transferred so before some, the spring semester started last year. Okay. And So you know, it'll, be, it'll at least be by the second semester. Yes, it'll definitely be by January, but I don't know if he's eligible to play as soon as the fall semester is over. That's how it works in in AI basketball. Um, That would be middle of this middle of December, right? That's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So that seems early, but I I don't know. I have not gotten a concrete answer on that. So, um, but he'll help a lot because he's a defensive minded guy, but he also has some skill on offense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think Gasson's gotten better. I really do. I think he's gotten smarter. Um, he understands kind of how to use his size and how not to use his size. Uh, he just he looks like he's more comfortable. There, when I see him out there, a lot of times I, I just by how I feel. And I feel less nervous than I did last year. Yeah. So, I mean, does that make sense? I, yeah. I feel like, okay, I, I feel comfortable when I see him. <laughs> so, right. 
So that makes me think, and I haven't even fully noticed if he's in the right positions all the time, but by feel, I, f- I feel that he, he's getting more comfortable as well. Yeah, and he's not fouling as much. That's the biggest yeah. thing to me. He's not he's not fouling near as much as he did last year. I mean, today he played um, 22 minutes in today's game. To, yeah, today's game being the, the pit game. Amount. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in the pit game. He was today. He was he was fine. Um, you know, he's never going to be a high volume scorer or anything like that. But yeah. you know, get in there, alter some shots, grab some rebounds, get a couple putbacks, and that's what you ask him to do. Um, I'm impressed with the way Kendall Smith communicates. That was one thing I noticed when I was at the game, the ORU game. I, I thought he was a really good – he's really good at uh, instructing the team on where they needed to be and whatnot. So I was I was pleased about that. Uh, they've got pretty solid shooters um, with with Carroll and with Shine and Waters and Desagua. They, they can all shoot pretty well. Um, and Solomon, he can make a long jumper. He tends to miss them in yeah. games, but I know he can make them because I've he seen can. it. I, like, I just wish he would do want, it in I the st- game. I still don't want to see him like shooting from the three-point <laughs> or, or really close to that. Well, I don't mind but, it if it comes I mean, within the flow of the offense. Yeah. I mean, he made he made a pretty good shot in the pick game, a, um, like a 14-footer that I saw. Yeah. But yeah. The one thing okay. that I think they're missing is they don't have a guy – who can get to the rim. I mm. thought Kendall Smith was going to be that guy. And he just, he hasn't seemed to really try unless it's a fast break. Yeah. He doesn't try to get to the rim within the offense. Averett's too small to get to the rim because he'll get his shot blocked. Mm-hmm. So it may have to be Jeff Carroll that kind of adds that to his game. And he started to do that a little bit last year, but he didn't have to as much with, with Evans in there. And I think that he may have to be the guy who they give the ball to if they need, a, if, if they need it to get to the rim because he may be the only one who's capable of doing it. Yeah. But that's, that's what I think they're missing. Um, and, you know, who knows if Dillard gets back and he can do that. I don't know. Uh, if, <laughs> if Zach Dawson turns a corner and he's a guy that can – can get to the rim, who knows? But uh, at this point, I think the best the best bet is Jeff Carroll to be able to do that consistently. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, that was, that was good analysis right there. Man, I got more. You, you, uh, oh, do you have more? You you can. I thought you were done. If you have more, you'd like to say you can. Well, uh, you you know, I would I would like to point out that there, and this makes me mad. Uh. There are people, and especially people who happen to run uh, blog sites in this particular part of the country, that just cannot wrap their mind around the fact that maybe this team isn't going to lose every game they play. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you noticed this attitude? Yeah. Yes, I have. It's like they think that this is the worst basketball team ever assembled, and... Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I, I tell you why. Because if this first five games of the year had worked out the exact same way that it's worked out now, but Brad Underwood was still the coach, okay, and we had won you know, three games over inferior competition, solidly got, got beat in a game where we didn't make shots, uh, against a team that's really good and really long and then got a win, albeit a, a not very impressive win over another power five school. But the difference is that Brad Underwood's still the coach. No one says anything. And the narrative I, is this team's going to be really good. Yeah. And I'd be willing to say that obviously it's just conjecture, but if Underwood was the coach, I'm not sure about how they beat them, but the record would be exactly the same as it is. Yeah. Because OSU would have lost A&M. Right. No matter who the coach was. So, so yeah, it's I mean, just... I'm it, not it, sure how the pit game would have ended up. It might have been a little bit more. It might have been the same. But if the record if the record would have been 100% the same as it is. Yeah. I so, just... The thing is, people forget... A lot of people forget that Underwood, last year, we lost our first eight 
conference games. I mean, it was not a fantastic year. It was a good year. It was an improvement. I mean, they, they, it was an improvement, and they were able to make up those games by winning late in the year. Which, yeah. Which, but I, but after those eight losses, people were starting to wonder what is wrong with this team. Right. So and, it's it's not. I'm sorry. It's not like he has the golden touch. I mean that he no. was like. And I don't know if you've noticed, yeah. but Illinois is not great right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's a that's a that's enough about him. Um, and I, you know, the, another thing about former coaches, I know we all like to rag on Travis Ford and for good reason, but you know what he did, right? His last recruiting class. Oh my gosh. Lindy waters, Cam McGriff, mm-hmm. Thomas Dezagua. That, yeah, that's true. That's a good class. Cam McGriff is a monster. Yeah. Not very big. Yeah. He's only 6'7", but he's a monster. He plays bigger than he is. Though. Yes. He's he's like um, IMAC when he played. He, he played bigger than. He was like 6'9 or 6'8". You know what the difference is, though? McGriff can dunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but, but he just, he plays bigger. Like I, I don't think I realized how small he was till you said it. Because <laughs> I just yeah, he's six seven, a little bit taller. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, dude, and one thing I like about Boynton, um, that I mean, people, oh, I, I don't want. Even though I mean, he's getting paid nicely and he's a coach of OSU. I don't want to be in his shoes because no matter what happens, people are just gonna rag on him. Like yeah. Because they aren't happy with him being, um, him being um, hired so soon after um, Underwood left. Right. They weren't happy with how that went. They might have wanted somebody else. They wanted a longer search. And I mean, I, I we've mentioned it before. I was on the Gottlieb train. I was I was like trying to drive that train. Do <laughs> we need? But once Boykin got after my first like, wait, who? After that, I this I decided to get on board. Well, I mean, because that's what you do. That's what you do. So now I'm now I'm full on board his his train because I'm like I'm just going to support him. And the one thing that he does that I like is his. I like following his Twitter because he has good things to say. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. And after the after the A and M game, he blamed himself for the loss. Yeah. He on Twitter he said um I it was um the loss. I can't, I can't quote it verbatim, but it basically the loss is on him for not preparing his guys, and we will be better moving forward or something. And, I mean, I know those are just words. And right, want to and they're that, but really not true because A&M just had better players. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not his yeah. fault. <laughs> yeah, but he he's going to be a guy who doesn't throw his players under the bus. No, he won't do that. And he, he uh, will he – will, I mean, there are a lot because there are a lot of ones. There are a lot of coaches that just blame their players, <laughs> and he's not one of them. True. And um, I don't remember Travis Ford ever saying full out blaming his players or anything. But I also don't. I might be mis- misremembering, but I don't remember him saying that it was his fault they lost the game. No, Ford would blame everything else. Okay, like, I, I, he wouldn't. He wouldn't like straight up say his players didn't, yeah. didn't play well, but like. Well, like he, he would blame he injuries being and being young and yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. I, I remember him blame, blame, saying it's because they're young and he, he never took like cr- full credit for losing a game. Right. Which is, which is one thing I, I like about Boynton is that he'll, he's going to do that. Seems that way. Yeah. I like, that. I, I mean, I, I mean, I can only, it's a uh, few games in, but it's, unless he changes, this is what is going to happen. But yeah. So that's one thing that I um, really like about him. The um, Carroll showed up for the game against A and M. He did not have the best of games against A and M. Yeah, well, He's nobody did. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I just want to say he did not have the best of games because he had an amazing game against Pitt. <laughs> yes. Yeah, career high twenty nine today against Pitt. Um, yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what? I was looking at the stats and the free throw percentage. The discrepancy between the two games is astounding to me. Yeah. Do, do you know what the, it is? Uh, I know it's bad. Yeah. It was 54% against A&M, 82% against Pitt. Yeah. 
Which is, I mean, because you can't blame the A&M guys for defending them because they're at the free throw line. <laughs> but I don't know what the deal is with that discrepancy. I, I haven't fully looked to see who is the one that shot them. Well, <laughs> the, was... the A&M game was just all around perfect storm bad. bad. You know, that nobody was shooting yeah. well. Nobody could hit a thing. Um, free throws or within the run of play uh, you had A&M with their seven footer banking in threes. Like mm-hmm. it, it, there was no way that they were going to win that game. And they, these holiday things are weird, you know, and the all over the place. They're weird. I'm watching the Maui game right now. That's just, that's a strange place to play. Uh, mm-hmm. NBA arenas are different than, than college arenas. Their depth is different. And so that messes with yeah. you. And so a lot of, a lot of teams who play in these big open NBA arenas are not shooting as well as they normally do. Now I will say that this week, Thanksgiving week might be my favorite sports week of the year. Just, you know, because of these holiday tournaments and with the fact that we still have football going on, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it may surpass the first weekend of March madness. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's that good to me. Uh, just because nothing surpasses know. the first week, first week in March madness. It's, it's close. That, that, it's, 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 it's up there with it. Yes. It's, it's, it's very close. And, uh, you know, that all these, all these holiday tournaments are just so much fun. Um, but they're weird. You know, they, you, you're either going to a destination like Maui or the Bahamas, or you're playing in an NBA arena or it's, it, they're just strange, but you get, you get really good games out of them a lot of times. And uh, I tell you what, while I'm talking about these tournaments, do you know what my favorite uh, one of these holiday tournaments is? What? It is. It's it's the the battle for Atlantis. For several reasons, you have okay. to say the battle for Atlantis, because if they didn't want, if they just wanted you to call it the battle for Atlantis, they would not have made that the number four. Oh, so it is. Okay. It is. You you must say the battle for Atlantis. That's that's how that's said. Okay. <laughs> It's in the Bahamas, right? It, and they play it in a hotel ballroom. That's where the well, court is awesome. set up. It's so weird because it's obviously a hotel ballroom. The ceiling is incredibly low. The lighting is weird. The The crowd is completely in the dark during play. But then if you watch closely during a timeout, they have all these theatrical lighting instruments in there. And so they have movers and color changers and everything. So when the, when the play stops and they go to a timeout, like the, all the lights move into the audience and everything turns green and it's just weird. And I like it. I don't think I've ever watched that tournament. You should watch it. I, Do you remember what it's called? I, the battle for Atlantis. Battle for Atlantis. Yes. I, I, I need to say that. When when are those games? Uh, are they going on? Is it going on now? I don't remember when it starts. I mean, it's definitely this week, but I don't remember if it starts on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but yeah, it's it it it's a fun one to watch just because of the venue. Awesome. Okay. I, I like I like any of the tournaments where the um the broadcasters have to wear Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Oh, that I haven't seen Bill Walton yet. Has Bill Walton done a game yet? He, I don't know. He's always the one I'm thinking of when I yeah. think of an announcer. Because <laughs> he's weird. Because <laughs> he's always one of them. So, Oof, yeah. So, I, I need to look for all the Hawaii or different tournaments that are out there to see. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, the A&M game didn't go too well. And they won today's 73-67. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they were hitting more shots, hitting more free throws. Yeah, uh, the, the ancillary parts of the game didn't go as well. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the very end of the first half, but uh, the they basically just gave Pitt a free bucket. Uh, uh, I don't think I saw that. They were, it was winding down the, the first half, about a two-second difference between the game and the shot clock, and Pitt kind of loses control of their possession. They end up having to crank a long three at the shot clock buzzer and it doesn't hit the rim, but the buzzer never went off on the shot clock and Pitt got it back. They got the offensive rebound and scored at the half buzzer 
It should have been oh, shot wow. clock violation, mm-hmm. and uh, they they didn't go back and review it. And so, they, <laughs> yeah, Pitt got a wow. free basket there at the uh, at the end of the oh, half. It's it's a, it's a good thing um, that OSU didn't end up losing by two. <laughs> yes, uh, and well, and I, th- I think OSU got it back because um, th- they also missed a. Uh, uh, basket interference that should have been called against. I think it was Shine that uh, got away with the goaltend. So they, you know, they got the two points back. But yeah, it was just it was a. Uh, it, it hasn't been. I've I've watched a few of the other things that have happened at the place in Brooklyn. It hasn't been the best. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, oh, that's funny. I missed that particular play. So they play well. They play um the. Houston Baptist Huskies, I think, on the 26th. Okay. So that's, 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 that's a, I'm looking at the schedule now, so I know for a fact they do. They ought to win that. <laughs> they, they should win at 2 o'clock. So I'm more Sunday look, afternoon games this year Sunday, than I remember yeah. them ever having. Mm-hmm. This is not something they usually – they usually play very many Sunday games. Yeah, but they're playing Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock. It's in Gallagher, and then on Wednesday, they play Austin. How do you pronounce that? Is it Austin P? Austin, Austin P. Yep. Austin P. That's what I thought it was, but I I never am full, fully aware of how to pronounce it. The Austin P. Governors <laughs> on Wednesday. <laughs> I, did, I did not know they were the governors. That's yeah. Funny. Ooh, there's some. Funny name. There's some strange mascots out there. <laughs> I wonder if their coach looks like a governor. Uh, the uh, Arkansas Tech Wonder Boys is one of my favorites. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a, that, I, I like that. So, yeah, so they play them. They play Wichita State in, in December, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, Wichita State's really good. Um, they are, man. Just like last year. They're a good team. So, I think, what are they, seven? Uh, they're maybe, ranked up there someplace. Yeah, six or seven, something like that. Six or seven, yeah. So, man, that's basketball. <laughs> yes, that's is. the sport of basketball. <laughs> Um, oh, one thing I did forget to mention is um, OSU, I think, is number 19 in the CFP, which doesn't really matter if you're not, you don't have a chance for the top four. No, that's <laughs> people, completely I, I inconsequential. Twitter, I saw on Twitter some people being upset they're that low, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it literally if, matters. If you know you don't a have a chance for the top four, it doesn't really matter where else you are. 18, yeah. 17, 19, I don't care. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, oh, I did not talk to you about what Philip learned. Yes. Okay. What I learned, and this isn't just this year. This is kind of over the last couple of years. What I've learned, and not just this week, I should say, is that losses. I want to win foot. I want to win sporting events. I want OSU to win all their sporting events. Obviously. Yes. But. I don't get as upset about it as I used to. <laughs> Perhaps because you're an adult and you have other things going probably, on in your life. Probably because I'm not a, yeah, I'm not in college anymore, or shortly after college, or in high school, or wherever. Yeah, is that I have other priorities. So when they lose, I'm I am upset for like thirty minutes to an hour, and then I get over it. <laughs> yeah, I have. There are a lot of people who still don't, and I don't understand that lot. Yeah, if if your weekly happiness is based on the athletic ability of eighteen to twenty two year olds. Uh, it, it's time for some serious reevaluation. Yes. I mean, I want OSU to win all the games, but after a good third, I was upset about K-State after they lost for maybe 20 minutes, 25 and a half minutes to be exact. But then... <laughs> you timed it. On the 31st second of that 25th minute, I realized <sighs> I'm over it now. <laughs> let's 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 go. I'm gonna go on with my life. And... Sound like the voiceover at the beginning of Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> on the thirty-first second of the twenty-fifth minute. <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was going for. In case you didn't know. So yeah. So that's that's one thing I've learned. Not this week. Not this year. It's really over the last like you know like however many years, three, four, five years. I've I've just realized. It's not my end all and be all. I'm yeah. Just, I'm, 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 so we just have fun okay. with it, man. My life is okay, even if OSU loses. If OSU loses against Kansas, I'm going to be upset for maybe a little bit longer because it's Kansas. Yeah. I'll be upset for forty. <laughs> I'll be I'll be upset for an, an hour and ten minutes, but then I'll get over it because I have a life and 
I have a family and I have people that I care about. You know? <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not healthy for them or for me yeah. to care that much about sports. So yeah. there you go. That's my, that's, I, I guess that's um, my moral lesson. That's, <laughs> that's the moral of today's podcast is if, if, if your whole life revolves around how well OSU does or your favorite sporting team does, stop. Stop. <laughs> Get over it. Yeah. Reevaluate your whole life. There you go. <laughs> but man, that's all I have. All right. That seems like a good place to stop. <laughs> awesome. You have a good Thanksgiving, man. All right. You too. Bye.